0: I am Liam Blair and welcome to Elevating Business, the podcast which focuses in on all the things around starting a business online, growing that business and doing so in a way that is healthy and enjoyable to you.
1: Are you struggling with the process, the hype and the many online options out there? Each week we publish three podcasts on Monday, Wednesday and Friday to help you with all the pain points you may come across in your business journey, including many tips to keep you and your business healthy and thriving.
0: So, before we dive in, be sure to visit our website at emilyandbly.com, which you can use to work your way through starting a business online, step-by-step, and it's completely free. Hi, and welcome to episode 15, Detailed Due Diligence When Buying a Website Business.
1: Yeah, thanks, Emily. Uh, Well, this episode... Is a follow-on from episode 14 where we ran through some initial items to cover off when you're looking to buy a website as a business. So in this episode, we'll delve into a bit deeper into the due diligence process so you can make a more considered decision on whether to buy that business or not. The key thing with the whole process is to question everything. Basically, treat it like you're being ripped off and you need to find out where and how you want to ask the seller or the business broker as many questions as possible. Basically what you're trying to do is protect your investment. That's the main aim of the game here. So first thing I always look at is once I've gone through those initial questions that we sort of ran through in episode 14, the first one is looking at SWOT. So what's SWOT? It's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Now, It's basically a good way of looking at a business and taking into account all the elements of it in four sort of categories, I guess. So strengths would be what strengths does the business have? Weaknesses is identifying what weaknesses it has. Um, opportunities is looking for ways that you can build the business and grow it going forward if you buy it and therefore make it a better business than the one you're buying so that's quite important and then the fourth one is threats so what threats are to the business and and a lot of the threats can sometimes be competition um, or product supply you know when supply runs short um so yeah, look, that's that are the other four things I focus on, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to list out items under each of those four categories, and I'm looking for one of them that's going to be a game changer for whether you buy it or not. You know, so there might be some weaknesses in the business, there might be some threats, but the opportunity might be massive. Like, it could be a great opportunities to, you know, grow sales by two hundred percent, and and that might outweigh those weaknesses and threats. So it's a way to look at the business and make a decision whether to move forward based on those sort of four categories. Going back into financials is important. So we need to have your accountant or your bookkeeper look in depth into the sales, the expenses, and get the solid proof of earnings. So a lot of the time what I'll do is I'll actually have the seller do a screen share like on a Zoom call and show me their seller's dashboard. So actually get them to log into it, show me the figures on the dashboard. So you're not just dealing with an Excel spreadsheet with their own inputs. You're dealing with facts, and you're dealing with um, software that you can see with your own eyes, and nothing can be uh, manipulated. You might want to consider a website audit, uh, and that's basically whether you're assessing the backlink strength Uh, You know, you don't want toxic backlinks. Uh, Backlinks are good because they, you know, they're where other websites are referring to your website and Google looks for those when they make decisions about how much traffic to send to your site. So you don't want toxic ones in there. Um, You want to, uh, they'll look at keywords, they'll look at traffic. You can get a website audit done by a number of companies online at the moment. One of the ones we've used before is Human proof designs, and we'll put their web address in the show notes. So, if you want to uh, look at a website audit for a, a business you're buying, then that's a good option. Looking at the product offering is important. So, is it just one product that's making all the sales, or it's, is it spread over many? And what are the opportunities to add to those products? Um, so, the products can be digital or they can be physical, but you want to have a good look at them, you want to compare them to the competitions. Are they unique or are they the same as the competitions? Because, you know, you want to have uniqueness because that separates your business from the rest. One thing to do is to have a lawyer involved in assessing the proposed buy-sell agreement. So you want to make sure that there's a buy-sell agreement. Every business broker you're dealing with will have a templated one. If you're not dealing with a business broker then you can download them online. These buy-sell agreements, they are reasonably standard, uh, but you definitely want to have one because it protects you and the seller going forward. You know, the the lawyer will also look at any legal matters like patents and trademarks that are in place with business and make sure that those can be transferred to you because they've got value if they exist. So you want to cover off all of those items. Looking at the supply chain is important. So, who's the supplier and the manufacturer of the product? If it's product-based, are they willing to continue with you? You know, do they just have a good arrangement with the existing seller, and, and is that is that going to be transferred to you? That's a good question to ask. You know, are the freight options sound? So, if it's a physical product, is it coming from China? Is it you know being shipped in a, a method that you can continue to do? Um, so all of these things in the supply chain are important. If it's a digital product or an affiliate um, website, then you know there's other options to slot into the offering if or the existing ones being withdrawn. So if the existing affiliate program that you're making all your money on gets turned off, and, and this does happen, we've had it on one of our sites, do you have an alternative affiliate program which offers the same service that you can then change over to quickly and, and get back up and running um, so you know you a digital product you might be buying reports for for whatever um, off an affiliate and then all of a sudden they shut that program down so you need to quickly be able to find one that is going to offer the same report that you can then link to so uh, having a look around before you buy the business to make sure you've got options with your affiliates Freelancers and contracts, you know, get a list of who the seller is is using for their uh, freelancing and, you know, contact them. Uh, Ensure they're willing to continue if you were to buy the business. You know, do they have contracts? Do they have like an employment contract with the seller? You know, are these transferable? All questions you need to ask because... The worst thing you can do is buy a business and then find that a key contractor for the business is not willing to continue on uh, with a new owner. Or they take the opportunity to, uh, you know, want to increase in in pay or or the rate that they charge you. So, um, you know, that's important to have those contracts in place before you make the uh, purchase. Systems, data, policies and procedures, you know. Have all of these been documented by the seller for you to use? Uh, remember, the seller will normally do a sort of three to six-month support period, but then you'll be on your own. So having these documents and systems ensure that you have the information to work with and it doesn't disappear with the sell- in the seller's head when they depart. So just ensure that, they, that you know exactly every facet of the business and you know it's recorded somewhere so you can take over with ease and it's, there's no... Um, bits missing once the seller disappears Uh, looking into all of these points that i've mentioned should provide you with a list of things to address with the seller so using the negatives for negotiation points to drop the price is good so you know you you look at things you'll find negatives and then you can negotiate with the seller and say well this business business isn't 100% cracked up to what you think it is these are the problems with it and therefore we're willing to offer this price rather than the list price that they're uh, wanting to sell it for. No business is perfect and you're always going to find issues. So the key is to working out how significant those issues are. And you need to be willing, you know, to make a decision to proceed or not. You know, you need to be able to go through a period of due diligence on a business and not be afraid to walk away, even if the deals walk away from the deal, even if you've spent so much time on it. Um, a, A good way to ensure that, covering all those bases is to involve a support team around you and you know that can sometimes cost a little bit of money but it's well worth spending so a support team could be a lawyer an accountant banker business mentor a friend partner Um, all of the above are really good to you know throw questions at and just get second opinions from i think the key thing is to don't be afraid to walk away from it if it's not looking good uh, more opportunities are definitely going to come up. Uh, and an example of that is, you know, before I bought a business, I, I did due diligence on 13 different companies. Um, and it was a process that took me over a year before I actually bought one. So it is a patience game. But the main aim of it is that you're actually going to end up with a business that's viable, one that you can run going forward without issues and one that you've actually put your money into as a good investment rather than a poor investment. And I'll hand it on to Emily, who's going to talk a bit more about some brain foods for us.
0: Yeah, so in previous episodes I've been talking about brain foods and what those are and uh, why they're so good for you, and to know where you're getting the nutrients and vitamins and how to actually be uh, using them in your diet in a quick and easy way. So brain foods are foods which are high in antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and healthy fats, which all contribute to you having more energy naturally rather than filling yourself up with four or five coffees in the day uh, where you'll just get a short-term energy fix. These are a more longer-term, healthier way of keeping your body um, healthy and alert. So what are some of these uh, so-called brain foods? and how can we get them in our diet. So today we're going to be looking at blueberries, turmeric and rosemary. So I'll start with blueberries. We all know for blueberries have been long known as a superfood. Uh, They help protect the brain from toxins, degeneration and stress. All things that we're probably dealing with day in, day out. They have one of the highest antioxidant levels of any food and can help ward off certain cancers and help with the aging process, which we'd all like to do, as well as protect against environmental toxins. They're also really high in fiber and vitamin K. The latter regulates calcium in the bones and the brain. Now, calcium is obviously really, really important, particularly if you're a female. Um, So, how can we get blueberries more in our diet? Um, Well, the they're a grapefruit, really nice to just even have on their own, sprinkled with a bit of coconut or drizzled with maple syrup or some honey. And great to just throw in a smoothie. Or banana and blueberry pancakes is a really, really good one. Um, healthy and healthy do a really good recipe for that, which is also gluten-free. Uh, you'll find that on their website. But there's just masses of different um, variations on pancakes or blueberries. And lots of baking can involve blueberries or just simply sprinkled on a salad as well. It's also really, really nice, which you might not necessarily uh, think of putting fruit into a sort of savoury dish, but it does work really, really well. Moving on to turmeric. So, turmeric has a strong healing and anti-inflammatory properties, um, thanks to the compound curcumin. The root has been popular in folk remedies for centuries, and you can buy it easily from the supermarket in a powder form, And in that powder form, it is just easy just to sprinkle on top of anything, really. Um, I put it on top of salads, in a smoothie, in hot drinks. Uh, It's just really easy. Just think, right, I'm going to top it with a little bit of turmeric. So that's just a really great, easy way of just getting it into your food, no matter what you're eating. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Sprinkle it on top of your granola. Uh, Put it on roasted fish or meat. It adds a lovely little bit of flavour and makes it actually look really pretty as well and finally on to uh, rosemary we're actually currently um growing in the garden and I've actually been using it in homemade uh, focaccia bread is really really nice and also obviously rosemary goes really really well with lamb so if you just bake it and cut into the skin of the lamb and put the rosemary on the top
1: Yeah, so I suppose with the blueberries, you could even just use them as a, you know, a snack, you know, for morning tea, you know, just have them in a bowl and and just munch away on them.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, if you're a fruit lover like I am, I do do that. But some people don't eat enough fruit. And so other ways of eating it within other things can uh, be beneficial.
1: Hmm. Well, that's great, Emily. All right, guys, well, that's all for this episode. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.
0: for this episode of Elevating Business. Thanks so much for being part of our show and we love being able to share with you.
1: Any links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the episode notes on our website, emilyandblair.com. And remember that our website is a huge resource for free, step-by-step guides and articles for starting a business online and working through the journey.
0: If you like what you're hearing, then please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend.
1: That's all for now and we'll see you in a few days time with our next installment of Elevating Business. Now go do something today that will make tomorrow better.